Oh, okay. I, uh, for me, on my side, I've got uh, Honorable Mashaule is is in the house. Am I correct? Yes, Chair, you are correct. Honorable Malinga. I'm here, Chair. Okay. Honorable Mtenjan. I'm here, Chair. Honorable Sanyan. I'm here, Chair. Uh, Honorable Bilangulu. Bilangulu, just press the mute button because I see you are here. Okay. Honorable Phillips. I'm here, thanks, Chair. Okay, Honorable Vulmarans. Honorable Vulmarans. Okay, we'll indicate. Uh, Honorable uh, Milam. Chair, I'm here. Okay. Honorable Kula McDonald. Yeah, I know your name today. You are McDonald. <laughs> Mr. McDonald Kula. Before I give to the chair of the NSOP, I think from an N, from the NA side of the two committees, we do make the quorum anyway. Uh, can we please, because some most of us who are working from home, we know what's happening, but also those who are working from the office, make sure that we don't get uh, an ear of confidential information or chats that are taking place between um, people wherever they are. So the best way is switch off your mic. Can you switch off your mic? Uh, your, 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 your video, only when you speak or get a chance to speak, you want to uh, 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 open your, your your mic and your 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 your, your video. Honorable from can you check your own do your own roll call? Yes, Chairperson. Hello, Chair. I wouldn't know who are your members who are present. No, that's why I'm saying let me give it to you whether your members are, are in the house before we start. So for now. For now, Chair, what I can say, the members of uh, Select Committee, they will 
to join us. They are still in sitting. There is a sitting today. Uh, I requested to leave and then they will come now now after uh, 20 minutes. They will join us. Okay. I'll indicate when they they join us. But okay. uh, honorable winning Honorable uh, Winnie, it's only myself and Honorable uh, Winnie that that uh, I hear. Okay. Okay, Chair. Just before we, 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 we start from the meeting, can I check the department is in? in? Is the department in? Yes, Chair, the, yes, the, the minister is here. Oh, is Mr. Samson in? I know. Okay, no, we, we see that fit. Okay, can I, can I then uh, say that... Uh, before I give for the from the for the chair of the NCOP, honourable members, we are meeting here today to get a briefing from the department. This is our first meeting. It's a first attempt to try and ensure that when we deal with issues, especially that would not require um, more issues like voting and other related uh, approaches in meetings, that uh, we get one simple single briefing. And then we will decide how do we take the processes forward as the different committees of the two hours. That is exactly precisely the reason we are here today. And we hope we'll have a very fruitful meeting. Uh, where there are hiccups, please bear with us. I will come later before I give to the department on how then are we going to follow the procedure according to the directive that we have been given from the House Chairpersons on trying to manage meetings of the of the joint committees. Uh, before any further uh, I do, can I give the chairperson of the NSOP for the opening remarks, please? Thank you, Chairperson. Uh, let me take this opportunity to welcome the minister and DG, DG and all the members of the from the department person from the protocol committee and the member of parliament because when he's joined it's parliament it's not select committee and uh, uh na it's a parliament so we are, you are welcome members today we are meeting after many things happened uh, two days ago the president has announced that we are going to lock three I mean, we are going to level three, uh, whereby we are going to see some many things happening and where he opened the, the economy because last time our economy did, did, did go down. And again, we after we have downgraded, there's a lot of things that happened. Uh, today we are, we are meeting with the department where we know that when we go to level three, mining and all the companies will be working in 100%. So we want to know the readiness of the department 
on this uh, issue because last week many mines had, uh, tested uh, workers the number are increasing every day go to Limpopo, you go to Kaltenville, the number are increasing. Now we want to know from the minister and his department to check, are they ready to make sure that this uh, corona must not uh, spread all over the mining? Because we expected the economy, our economy to raise from mining. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Thank, thank you, Chair. Uh, you might have to find a, a better location there because there seem to be some bit of hiccups. Uh, or I don't know whether it's from where I, I am uh, as a city. But in the less than one minute, honorable members, we are going to receive a briefing from the department. As I've said, we will try and uh, we will explain the process that will follow in terms of the questions for clarity and other related matters on the on the on the briefing uh, but mostly we will try and balance the members of the ncop vis-a-vis -vis the members of the of the of the na so that uh, there is no one of the two committees that might be affected <coughs> most compared to the other but we will explain that process when we arrive there we will give all members equal time for their inputs, but you will see that uh, with the number that we have, it is too much to, 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 to have enough space of time. But where opportunity arises to have follow-ups and so forth, we will also allow that. Uh, without any delays, uh, welcome, uh, Minister, as the Chair said, with your team. Uh, you, oh, hey, I forgot. Any apologies from the except they heard that uh, there is an apology from the NCOP members will be joining us a bit late. I got that there is an apology from the NA of Mr. Numalo who will join us uh, at half past, um, half past uh, 12, half past 12. Um, any other apologies? Yes, Chair. Yes, Chair. From yes. our side, from okay. our side, Honorable Bibi won't be with us. She's ill. Okay. Uh, Honorable if that is the case, we will take others as they come. Honorable Minister and your team, thank you very much. Uh, we don't have enough time. We would have loved to be with you for quite a longer time. If it could take four hours, uh, that would have been appreciated. Hello. But uh, unfortunately, we are allocated this time. You were lucky the last time you came to the committee of NA, it was two hours. This time around, at least we've got three hours. Of that three hours, we give you 45 minutes uh, with the presentation. It means by 12.55, thank you very much, uh, Honorable Minister and your team. 
ten vermač Mr. Chairperson of the Portfolio Committee and Chairperson of the Select Committee. Uh, honorable members who are here from both houses, uh, team from the DMRE, uh, the DGs there and the big team. We were called uh, to talk about responses to COVID-19. Um, and we thought that in the main, it was a discussion on the economic recovery plans. But we're ready to deal with any situation in the industry. Uh, the chairperson of the uh, select committee, for example, uh, is seeing the situation in Limpopo and Kalkin village issues that must be addressed. How do, what do we do to stop the spread? You know, there was a lockdown. The intention of the lockdown was not to stop the spread, was to flatten the curve. Uh, that uh, terminology was selected carefully because you can't stop a virus that spread on its own. Uh, you can't stop it. There's no vaccination. Flatten the curve. So, in other words, we delay the peak of the uh, of the infections. I think it is important to, to, to bring the two committees to where we started. When there was a lockdown, we went to cabinet as DMRE and complained that uh, people are tested but mining areas were not testing. And we said there's a concentration of workers in mining areas and therefore testing was essential. Uh, and after a long fight, it was agreed that, okay, it will start. And it was quite clear that it wouldn't, testing wouldn't start unless workers return to mining areas. Otherwise, they go to villages and disappear in villages. That's why we, we, we made a proposal to open the mines systematically in a phased way. Then we put in place rules of return. We said, one, all the health uh, prescription must be in place. That is, uh, mask, sanitizing, uh, social distancing, and we listed all of them. Number two, we said, uh, there must be compulsory screening uh, and actually testing where there are signs. And we did what is called unannounced visits to the mines. And we came back and met the Mineral Council and said to them, Mineral Council, your members are doing well up to screening, but there is very limited testing. And therefore, we add mines to test. Because if we don't test, we're going to hide the extent of infection in the mines. That program was put in place. We began to pick up cases. Let me give you, uh, let me talk to just three examples. One, 
when we went to Marola, uh, we discovered that in Marola there was screening and testing. And we said, please do test workers. It is in Marula where we discovered 19 positive cases. We welcomed that there was that, and therefore there was quarantine facilities, and there was a medical facilities readily available for those workers. Then we went to Dwarza Refir. We discovered one case, and we discovered that the mine was not screening and it was not testing. Our inspectorate issued a section 54 and stopped the operations. And once those operations were stopped, we said, thou shall screen and test. It is there that we got up to 31 plus positive cases. Then there is Mponeng, which is the first actually incident of uh, finding cases from workings. And it is good that the, 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 the mine itself offered to close those operations because in any way we'll close them because the infections were underground. And when you have infections underground, you are forced to close that operation. Up to yesterday, we discovered 164 cases because then they started what is called uh, mandatory testing. They said that everybody, 164 cases that are positive constitute one-third of the cases that were tested. Two-thirds were tested negative. Then it was going to move to the next batch of workers. That is where we are. And from where we are, we say screening and testing must continue. Because if we don't do that, we'll hide the extent of the impact. Let me leave that. Let me come now to the to the economic impact of COVID-19. Uh, COVID-19 is projected to actually uh, have what is called deteriorating global growth. Globally, growth is projected to be worse than ever before. You can take area by area, major economy by major economy. Uh, and let's come to South Africa then. South Africa will grow by less than 1% in 2020, economically. And it will start picking up in terms of the focus in 2021 and further grow uh, in 2022 to 2024. Now, that is what we should be responding to. And we look into annual change of employment and GDP. We discovered that the worst sector is going to be construction, um, uh, followed by transport and communication, followed by electricity, gas, and water, followed by manufacturing, and then mining and quarrying. Those are the sectors that are going to decline heavily uh, in that order. Um, only uh, 
community social and personal services are going to register growth and business services. The rest of the economy is going to register decline, both in terms of GDP and employment. Uh, and we looked into what are the issues that leads to that? What are the drivers for the declining growth? One in South Africa is poor education outcomes. They continue to impact negatively on the economy. A low level of, of labor intensity. Uh, as we modernize the economy, the less jobs are created. Um, the skills constraints, special fragmentation of urban landscape and travel costs. That means if you are working in Joburg, you must travel from Soweto, which are the apartheid special design. The concentration of uh, industrial structures, uh, which means that we have not changed the economic structure. The concentration remains at three points, which is the Witwatersrand, Rand, Deben and areas, and the Cape Town area. And inefficient public entities, all those are actually contributing to our difficulties in recovering quick. And the long swing in commodity prices uh, now are in a downward phase. The collapse of consumer and business confidence. And there's also a decline in both supply and demand in the economy. Uh, I want to leave it at that and say, basically, we are dealing with four shocks in terms of the national analysis is the healthcare crisis, is the domestic economic have stopped, the global economy has stopped, and the collapse of access to capital markets. Now, that national analysis of the government has guided our approach to what we should do as a sector to contribute to the recovery. Uh, we looked into some few issues in the sector before I give to the DG to leave the input of what practical actions are there. First thing that we said is that what we should normally do, the normal activities in the department should be normalized and be firmed up. Then begin to look into a growth strategy. One, the supply disruptions of the components and equipment contribute to the net negative growth. Two, the mining should be accompanied by industrial growth. So mining, for example, when we opened it, uh, the, 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 the manufacturing was not opened at the same pace, meaning that the supply of components to the mining industry did in their full capacity of the mining industry. Um, the energy we still regarded as being critical. Uh, we should start by beginning to target SMEs in the mining industry. Half the time we focus on big uh, uh, companies. The impact on the GDP, GDP will decline, tax revenue will decline, uh, and the role of the state should be more clarified. 
And having done that, uh, the contribution of the mining to the fiscals has increased over the last few years and should continue increasing. But I thought that we should anger the presentation of the department to this preamble so that we understand what is it that we're responding to. Now I'm going to hand over to the DG to lead the actual formal presentation of the economic intervention response to COVID impact um, and the downgrade by the department. Over to you, DG. Good, good afternoon. Good DJ, your mic is off. DJ, unmute. Okay, unmute. I'm here now. <laughs> no, I'm back, Honorable Minister. Uh, good yeah, afternoon. <laughs> no, sorry, Minister, we a little bit of uh, technical glitch here. Uh, good afternoon, uh, Honorable Chair of the PPC and also the Chairperson of the Select Committee and members of the two uh, committees. We have a, a detailed presentation that we have uh, prepared for the meeting. We have a full team here of the DDGs. Uh, now we have the head of uh, strategy as well that uh, will be taking us through the presentation. But as the minister has requested that uh, maybe I should just at a high level deal with the, the challenges. Uh, we know that uh, as a sector, we have a responsibility of responding uh, adequately in line with what uh, the minister has raised. Uh, on slide one, we are just making reference in terms of the COVID-19 challenges that we, we have to deal with as a department. I'm not going to repeat this. Now we are highlighting the, the, the results that we got out of lockdown. That is what the slide actually indicates and also the decision that was taken by government through the National Command Council. Honorable Minister? Hello, Minister? Oh, I'm not the minister yet. <laughs> yes, Chair. Just note I'm not the minister yet. Oh, uh, please, can you, can you try? No, you can continue, but can you try and put your... Your, your, your presentation on the screen. Can you ask your technical staff in the meantime to put it on the screen because we can't see it, although we do have it on our on our gadgets, but for the sake of expedience in the meeting. Thank you. 
Thank you very much, Chair. We have shared it with um, honorable members. Uh, I'm now on slide number three. I was just on the last paragraph or bullet where we indicated that the National Command Council uh, resolved to reopen the economy in a risk adjusted approach. And now the department had to put all the measures and initiatives in place as the minister has indicated. Now, moving to slide number four, Chair, uh, as I have also explained that we are looking at our time, uh, we gave you this information on time to go through it, and so I'll just run through uh, the slides. Now, here we are indicating that uh, on bullet number one, the, the DMRE complex initiatives and response during the economy reopening with a risk-adjusted approach should take into cognizance that uh, the sector will be operating in an environment where there is a possibility of a reduced global demand for commodities. That is very important to take note of. And also the global shrinking of the major economies who are trading partners. Now, the sector is uh, suboptimally contributing to the GDP of the country. Now, Chair, when you look at all these uh, issues under slide number four, we can see that even the SLPs, there are going to be some challenges that we would need to deal with as some of the mining companies would not be able uh, to proceed as a result of this uh, lockdown. But I mean, uh, but the department under the leadership of the executive authority, we are looking at different measures on how can we ameliorate the impact um, of uh, this uh, you know, pandemic as a result of a lockdown. Uh, slide number five, we are indicating there in terms of the electricity challenge that uh, in recent years, the South African economy has seen the challenge of electricity demand and load shedding due to constrained generation capacity as a result of existing low availability uh, factor of ESCOM generation plans. The load shedding has had a negative impact on the energy intensive industry and the economy at large. And so we'll be looking at the various measures, of course. I mean, we have looked at the, the cost of the electricity as well, but we believe that, um, you know, with the strategy that the department has adopted or government in general, we should be able progressively respond to some of the challenges. As we can see that there is a high electricity price, load shedding, technology advancement, uh, also driving electricity consumers to alternative power supply uh, supply options. On slide number six, there we are indicating oil price uh, crash challenge on fuel industry globally. Now, I'll just deal with number one or bullet number one there, where we indicate that uh, oil prices have plunked across the board due to a combination of the worldwide slowdown in economic activity caused by lockdowns in response to the COVID-19 pandemic and also the differences between oil producing countries such as uh, uh, Saudi Arabia and Russia. Now we know that the global demand for the oil has uh, you know, uh, dropped. Uh, we are looking at 29 million barrels per day compared to about 100 million barrels. And so these are some of the global issues that we are reflecting on in as far as uh, the oil price uh, crash is concerned. Slide number seven, we are also touching on the oil price, price crash challenge on the fuel industry globally. Here we are indicating that the fall in price of brand cruel oil will mean the following for South Africa and for, we formulated responses in taking into account the following. 
uh, falling oil prices could mean uh, falling uh, liquid natural gas prices. Uh, the lower price for oil and gas due to also the financial crisis. Uh, we have looked specifically at the diminishing energy demand and also a contraction of credit uh, with which uh, to make uh, uh, purchases, lower corporate earnings, which may lead to lower contribution to the tax base and the GDP. We also looked around the challenge of a country being uh, reduced to a junk status, and so that has also presented uh, its own challenges. On slide number eight, we are looking at the uh, mining sector, uh, sector challenge framed. Uh, here we are looking at small operators who were struggling even before the COVID-19, that it may be difficult for them to survive post the pandemic. Now, we, we have to come up with uh, mechanisms and measures on how we are going to assist and working together, of course, with the industry. New projects and the potential investment may be delayed indefinitely or cancelled as a result of the COVID-19, and this may also have a potential for massive job losses. But you remember that uh, the minister issued a directive as well through the guidelines uh, uh, you know, looking specifically around the question of the companies that are contemplating of retrenching employees during this period. We had a challenge that uh, people could not be consulted and the minister convened a meeting with different mining companies to address this challenge that uh, it would not be appropriate that during this period uh, the companies are calling people and, you know, telling them that they're going to retrench. And so, we have managed to find each other there with mining companies, but we know that it is still a challenge that we have to deal with. As you know that we have Section 52 of the MPRTA that we are managing. Now, we ensure that whatever measures that would assist in ameliorating against the impact that we may be confronted with, all those measures are taken in place. Now, we have also indicated here that uh, some of the applications currently pending assessment by the department, especially those uh, you know, struggling to provide a proof of technical and financial ability, may be withdrawn by the applicants due to lack of funding. While there, there has not been a massive scale of exploration and prospecting, uh, post-COVID-19 will worsen the situation and potential migration of prospecting activities to mining companies uh, may become minimal or non-existence. Now, the other issue here, Chair, that we are looking at, we are looking at the BE partners in some instances that uh, may be further indebted. And so these are some of the issues that we have looked at as a result of this uh, uh, COVID-19. But of course, we need to put uh, measures in place. Now, Chair, we have a full response uh, or responses that we have formulated in the next slide. Uh, can't see my numbering here, but that should be slide number uh, 10 that I am at, where it says DMRE Group Business Readiness. Now, here we are looking at initiatives. I'll not go through each and every slide here, but we are stating that in terms of COVID-19 specific uh, intervention under employee wellness program because as a department as well we have a responsibility to make sure that when our employees uh, do come back 
uh, all the measures uh, are put in place as well. In as much as we are looking at mining companies, there you can see that we are looking at infection monitoring. We are also looking at occupational health and safety. And so we are still actually, you know, uh, dealing with all these issues, but we are making a good uh, progress. On the next slide, the heading is support to companies and workers with SAMI, uh, immediate to medium, term to uh, is zero to 12 months. That's what we are looking at. There we are indicating some of the work that the minister has done in the department, looking specifically around the question of consultation with relevant stakeholders, the measures that we have put in place in the form of uh, uh, directions and also uh, guidelines that we have put in place. As you know that um, during the lock this period, we have issued a directive to all mining operations to ensure that uh, they have set up procedures as the sector prepared to ramp up to 50%. Now that the sector will be ramping up to 100%, I must also amplify this point that uh, uh, from the 1st of June, it doesn't mean that the companies are going to have people uh, at work, you know, 100%. And so, as the minister has been saying this thing, uh, or this point that is going to be uh, a, a ramp up as we, you know, move forward. Now, there you you can see, Chair and Honourable Members, uh, Honourable Chairs, and Honourable Members, in terms of uh, the impact that we are trying to, to achieve or to make sure that uh, we ameliorate the impact of uh, some of the challenges that would come as a result of COVID-19. Now, on industrialization, uh, support healthcare through technology development. Now, we are stating there that uh, we are you know, looking at manufacturing of hand and surface sanitizers, and also manufacturing of masks and face shields. Uh, we have seen the minister with uh, his uh, face uh, you know, uh, shield as well. Uh, development of COVID-19 virus rapid test kits and also COVID-19 antibody rapid test kits. Uh, production of uh, antigens and antibodies as well as uh, mass production of, of the above. And so there we are looking specifically uh, the impact that we'll get. It will be the support that will be given to the health, health sector in diagnosing um, coronavirus and also creation of new jobs, industries, and technical know-hows through the locally manufactured, uh, you know, uh, goods. As you know, that uh, both Mintech and Pelcam, uh, as part of the collaboration between the the state-owned entities under the Department of Mineral Resources and Energy, we are making sure that there is a synergy and a proper uh, collaboration uh, between our entities in responding to uh, COVID-19 challenges even posed. Now, the next slide with uh, the heading uh, industrialization, uh, starting with localization of active pharmaceutical ingredients. Uh, now, we are looking at the uh, Ketlapele project here and also locally manufacture and supply of uh, active pharmaceutical ingredients. Now, we are lo also looking at, uh, you know, fluorochemicals complex uh, for Tutukani project for pre-feasibility approval. And so these are some of the initiatives that we are taking into account. Now, the impact there, it will be security of supply of uh, pharmaceutical products and also creation of local production capacity. 
And of course, as a result of that, there will be some jobs uh, created and also grow chemical industry as well as improve a uh, balance of trade. The next slide, uh, which starts with uh, the carbon capture and utilization uh, through the utilization of carbon, I mean, utilization of carbon as a feedstock to manufacture chemicals and also fuels and etc. And so we'll be looking at this uh, specific work. As you know, that we have a team that we have also uh, assigned to, to look at this uh, very important uh, responsibility. We're looking at uh, Sanedi as well as the, the Council for Geoscience. They are quite actively involved in this work. Now, coming to the next slide, which is number three, I will not go through each and everything. We're just indicating those initiatives under industrialization that will be looking at, especially on issues of energy efficiency projects. Now we have the timeline that we have put uh, uh, for the department. Now on uh, the next slide, which starts with um, energy security, procurement of additional capacity, medium term, six to 12 months. There we are indicating that uh, procurement of additional power from existing IPPs, we are specifically looking around 128 megawatts. And we also have uh, ESCOM to procure short term power and that is around 550 megawatts. Now, the DDG will give more uh, details, uh, Chair, perhaps during questions around the, the, the work that we, we are doing uh, on the issue of uh, procurement of additional capacity. Now, we also have a program there on nuclear, nuclear build uh, acceleration. As you, you know, that we have been uh, presenting to, to you uh, as uh, the two committees about the nuclear uh, new build program, as well as the uh, power plant life extension, you know, for Quebec. And so the work is progressing. Uh, we are attending to all the issues, working together with NNR, uh, ESCOM, uh, DPE, and, uh, you know, those are some of the departments that are involved at the moment. The next slide, also on energy security allocation of fuel price benefit. We are saying that uh, we need to ensure fuel price benefits are passed to end uh, consumers, thus indirectly contributing to the lowering of inflation for the benefit of all South Africans, lowered cost of doing business within uh, the country. Now, the government through the SFF is also looking at the opportunity of increasing the levels of strategic stocks through purchasing of uh, crude uh, oil at uh, these lower prices. And so as we know that the prices are quite low. And now there you can see the, the timeline. We are saying that it is on the immediate and uh, funding will be, uh, you know, borne by the department um, through our, you know, entities. As you know that we have a CF group as well. Now we are looking at the impact that uh, this will, uh, you know, bring to the economy. Uh, the country to work towards the lowering of uh, price inflation, lower interest rates and low cost of doing business in the country through uh, fuel price relief, which will directly uh, contribute to reduce cost of doing business uh, in the country. Those are some of the uh, good results that we would uh, enjoy as a result of this intervention. The other issue still, uh, the next slide, uh, ensure energy security. Here we are making reference on fast tracking of application, uh, you know, uh, processes 
and also reduction of regulatory burden on new uh, electricity applications. But we are not saying that it is going to be a mediocre here. The compliance with the law, it is still critical, but we are saying that uh, within the, the, the confines of the law, how can we expedite the implementation of these uh, programs or projects without giving an excuse that uh, the law says this or that. And so that is a decision that has been taken by the department that everything will be done within the confines of the law, but we need to think out of the box in making sure that we accelerate our pace in responding to uh, some of the challenges that we are faced with because we are dealing with a new normal here. And so we, we are alive to this fact. And so the next slide, uh, Honorable Chair and Honorable Members here, we are indicating energy security, shifting of power stations, and so we have explained, we have uh, given, you know, quite a number of uh, initiatives that we'll be looking at, as we can see, Mosul Bay refinery upgrade, uh, Horikwa gas supply. And so we have the list of all those interventions that we will be looking at. And we have uh, specific uh, timelines that we have put. And so there is also funding that we have stipulated how much will be required per project and also the end result in terms of what will be the impact of all these initiatives. Uh, the next slide on uh, LPG gas supply. Now here we are saying that uh, to convert uh, key customers from uh, electricity to LPG. And so these are some of the initiatives as well, as you know that LPG would actually become uh, the future in terms of uh, the consumption by our people. And also we are looking uh, together working with uh, our other sector departments, with uh, state entities because we need to find each other to convert some of ESCOM plants. And so these are some of the initiatives that you are looking at. You can see there on your right hand side in terms of the impact that you are looking at. And also, Chair, we are looking at uh, liquid fuels that we need to also to come up with measures in ensuring that we expedite on this particular responsibility. The next slide, which uh, starts with uh, uh, trading, I mean, uh, supply and logistics to expand uh, the distribution network. And so that is the essence. And also, uh, you know, the acquisition of existing downstream uh, player. Now, these are some of the things that we will be looking at uh, as a department. The next slide, uh, where we are saying energy security, demand management, uh, there we have an initiative that we are going to be uh, taking, leverage uh, crude oil storage uh, tanks in Saldana Bay and Deben. Now the timeline is between 9 and 12 months, and now you have the impact and also the usage or use of uh, storage tanks that uh, have access capacity in line with the Petroleum Pipelines Act to ensure alignment with uh, demand planning. And so the next slide would be uh, on CEF and SFF. Uh, here we are saying that all capital expenditure projects planned for the next uh, five years will be fast-tracked with the aim of uh, creating jobs and also in the medium to long-term uh, you know, capital projects will be brought forward to be executed uh, in the financial years of 2021, uh, 2022, to 2023 and 24.
And now here, Chair, uh, perhaps the minister will touch on this point we have presented to the, the committee in terms of uh, some of the work that we are doing in line with the repurposing and rationalization of the state-owned entities. I'm sure the minister will touch on this point uh, at the end. Now, coming to the mining sector, Chair, I will not spend a lot of time here. Uh, we are looking at uh, exploration there. We have a medium-term interventions, that is six to 12 months. And now we are saying that uh, the Council for Geoscience uh, to conduct uh, exploration in four priority target areas for handover to the department. Now, we are also trying to make sure that there is uh, an investment in exploration. Now, we have our entity, which is a CGS, that will be assisting us in this work. The mineral uh, targets to be explored will contribute to renewable energy in support of the RP 2019 electronics in advancing the fourth industrial revolution in this digital era. And, uh, you know, we are, we are looking at the specific areas that we are going to target. That is uh, Haramokoka, uh, Kenhart, Tlenfontein, and Kiani. Now, the submission in inclusion uh, on inclusion of uh, exploration activities in the COVID-19 regulations. Here, the executive authority, which is the minister of the department, realized the importance as well as, you know, some of the, the work had to be done under COVID-19 in terms of the results, looking at the stability of the ground and so forth. And now Council for Geoscience was also included in the directions that uh, the minister issued in monitoring uh, the work that uh, needs to be done and also to make sure that uh, there is a, a safety in terms of the operations of mining companies. Now, there we have the, the impact that we are going to derive out of this initiative. Uh, the next slide, Honorable Chairs, we have investment attraction and economic stimulation. We are looking at uh, CEF Group that uh, in a country hydrocarbon resources. Now the target here is 20% uh, equity interest in all exploration and development of uh, hydrocarbon resources in the country. Uh, I will need to, to, to run with speed share. I'm left with... Uh, you know, the time is almost over. Let me just proceed quickly, Chair, to the next slide. Yeah, left with five minutes, DJ. Okay. Uh, the next slide, uh, there is a problem with, uh, is uh, slide number 32, where we are looking at uh, nuclear waste. Uh, we are now saying here, Noarty would uh, engage with waste generators such as Nexa, NTP, and Quebec to accelerate their waste disposal uh, shipments to Val uh, Puts. And now we are looking at uh, the timeline, which is uh, six to 12 months, and also the impact that this will bring, and uh, Chair. And also the institution or the SOE would uh, use uh, research and development capacity to site, you know, to design, build, and operate new radioactive waste disposal. We are also looking at the establishment of a centralized interim storage facility as well. And so there you have funding or cost implications, uh, honorable chairs. Now, funding of distressed mines and new mines in the medium term, 
you know, we have specific interventions. Here we are saying that uh, mining operations funding through reprioritization, uh, the DMRA to explore possibility of unlocking resources in the trust fund for alternative application. This will entail investigation uh, on the probability of amending the trust deed. This is something that can be done internally uh, in consultation with a relevant uh, department and also probability of trust termination, setting up a new SPV and the formulation of a new trust. And so these are some of the, the measures that we are emphasizing that if we put them in place, they would assist in responding to some of the uh, COVID-19 or post-COVID-19 challenges. And also we are looking at the interest uh, from the Rehabilitation Trust Fund, but we are going to be very responsible here. We have been given a clear uh, guidance by the minister that uh, as we'll be doing this, and so this must also conform or confine, uh, you know, to the legal uh, prescripts. Now, on the long-term interventions, uh, Chair, we're looking at uh, energy uh, procurement. Now, on the emergency procurement program, we are looking between 18 to 24 months. You know, I know that this is still actually a challenge in terms of the time frame. We are also trying to see how can we put mechanisms in place to bring some of these uh, projects uh, closer for implementation and also to procure 2,000 uh, megawatts from uh, projects that connect within 12 months from approval. And now the work also has to start, you know, for 2022 to 2027, as you can see there in terms of the RP allocations, Chair will not go through each and every aspect. And so, but that is part of the work that you are looking at. But the issue of uh, time frame, it is one of the things that uh, the minister has raised as a concern in terms of how can we expedite the implementation of this uh, project. And so we would be making sure that uh, there is an acceleration in terms of the implementation of all these projects. Now, the issue of uh, carbon capture and utilization pilot plant construction through the utilization of uh, carbon as a feedstock to manufacture uh, chemicals. And so we are indicating what will be the impact. And so it is still a work in progress. But this is one of the interventions that will be looking. Now, contribution to the economy. Here we are indicating, Chair, that is slide number 36, uh, that uh, proven oil industry economic consumption. Now we are saying that uh, what we have looked at is that uh, four jobs for every one million of investment. And so there are also multiplier effects that we can look at in terms of the economy. And we're also looking uh, roughly plus minus uh, 100 new jobs, uh, 100,000 actually new jobs to be created and also with a contribution of uh, 40 billion rent additional uh, contribution to the economy and 9 billion rands additional contribution to uh, government revenue. I think, Chair, we have tried to summarize uh, the presentation, but with the understanding that uh, honorable members had an opportunity uh, to, to go through the presentation. Uh, thank you very much, uh, honorable chairs, and also honorable members and the minister. Uh, over to you, honorable minister. Honorable Chairperson of the Portfolio Committee and the Chairperson of the Select Committee, I think the best thing to do is to deal with the questions. 
rather than uh, pumping you with information and not answer to your questions. I think we must give it to your question. Then the team is available to answer the questions. I will answer all the simple ones and throw all the complex ones to the team. Thank you, Chairpersons. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Minister and uh, DG. Uh, you can lift off the, the presentation now. The one who was responsible for it. Uh, honorable members will do this thing like this, this manner, <clears throat> like we're in, uh, guided also by the chairpersons. We will do mainly uh, according to ensure that there's effective participation of the two committees. One, two, ensure that there's proper representation uh, in terms of the political party setup. We will take the first three from the NA and then we'll take uh, the first three uh, guided by the chair of the NCOP and then we'll take the other three from the NA and then another three from the NCOP, then the department will respond. We will take the last, or probably I hope, the last three or so on, on the second batch of questions and then uh, from both houses, uh, committees, and then subsequently we will then <coughs> deal and see whether there's still time for questions of clarity. So we ask members, please, three minutes per member, and we must stick to that three minutes, less preambles, straight to the point. Either is a question, or is a point of opinion, but it should not exceed two minutes. I request members to do like I do. If you've got your cell phone or something, put your cell phone on the alarm. Not on the alarm, sorry. On the stopwatch. The stopwatch is going to tell you that now it's one minute, it's two minutes. On your third minute, you have already rounded up. Now, can I do it like this now? And then I'll go to the chair of the NCOP. The first three is Honorable Mashaule, then Honorable Mailem, then Honorable Shonyane. You, they will take that to me, but not now. Don't come in. Let's get chat. Do you have your first, your first three from the NCOP? Sir, can you start on your side? My members are still preparing themselves. I told Kanyara Bungwanya was in the house. He's not here. He's here, but she was raising my hand. I'm here. I'm ready. Can we then say after Honorable Shonyane, Honorable Gwanya? Okay. Thank you. That means we are four. Then we will take. After Honorable Mwenya, it's going to be Honorable Malinga. Is, uh, and is Honorable Ngumalo in? If he's not in, let's jump. Is Honorable Bilangkulu in? Or you make the meeting very short if that's the case. If Honorable uh, 
Milankul is not in, we'll take Honorable Volmarans. Then we'll go to the last three. Can you take Honorable Mashaule, your two minutes? Uh, thanks very much, uh, Honorable Chair. I have three questions uh, or issues. The, the first one is that slide number eight, bullet point two, uh, project a potential uh, loss of jobs due to uh, new projects delayed or cancelled. I want to uh, put another dynamic of loss of jobs. Uh, Honorable Minister, you would know that uh, uh, business is driven by profit. And uh, when we were at the 50% uh, workforce uh, uh, permissible uh, uh, people who can work, some mines were operating with a profit of uh, the full profit, 100%, meaning 50% uh, workforce, but 100% uh, uh, production. What would stop uh, mines to then say, if we could do it with 50% uh, workforce and get still get the profit that we, we would get if we had 100% workforce, why should we return uh, those workers? Are there measures in your negotiations with them that since this is a pandemic, nobody created it, we save jobs uh, in that regard? That's the first thing. The collaboration of uh, Mintech and Pelcom in producing uh, PPEs, are there discussions internally to have departments, uh, other state uh, 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 SOEs uh, using what would have been produced by Mintech and uh, 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 Pelcam as uh, PPEs. Uh, uh, because you see, the, the, the other issue why South African Airways has not uh, uh, made it is because government was not the first person, was not the first entity to, to, to support what it has, meaning uh, other departments will just fly British Airways and so forth and so forth. So what is being done to make sure that what is produced by Pelcam within the WHO uh, compliance uh, uh, regulations are utilized by uh, other entities of government? The last point, Chair, is that we are sitting with the Mineral Council's uh, dashboard. It's, it's a graph indicating uh, how many people in the mining sector are having uh, or tested positive. And it says that we have a total is 312. It further breaks down the gold, the gold sector to be 216, the platinum 42, the coal to be 10. And I had hoped that the, the department would uh, uh, just elaborate a bit on uh, those uh, uh, statistics and what is being done in that regard. My three minutes should be fine, Chair. Thank you. Yes, 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 you are just on time. Uh, Thank you, Chairperson. I want to pick up where Honorable Mahwale left off. Uh, the dashboard is very useful, but I'd like to see a similar dashboard for the energy sector. I don't know if that can be produced. And, and one of the things that we should look at is the percentage of screening and testing in each of those sectors. My second question goes to the transmission of, of COVID on the mines. Now, do we know whether that was, um, whether the infection arose on the mine 
or whether it was brought in from outside, in other words, from mine workers returning to, to the mines. Thirdly, who is responsible for tracing of contacts of the infected personnel? Is it the mines or is it somebody else? The minister spoke about readiness for reopening the economy, and one of the, the concerns is around fuel stocks and especially diesel. We've got some issues where there is a nationwide shortage of diesel. Um, minister, if you could, or DG, if you could give us some clarity as to what is being done to address that and uh, whether there is any cause for concern and whether other fuels are affected as, as well. Uh, then on slide 19, uh, the DG spoke about procuring downstream assets. I'd like to know which downstream assets specifically you're, you're talking about, who will manage those assets, and what competence is in the entities or department to actually run those assets. Um, with regard to the procurement process for emergency energy, and particularly the risk mitigation power purchase program that was announced in December and January this year, uh, you've indicated that you're looking at 678 megawatts of emergency short-term power. But when that was announced, we were talking 3,000 megawatts. There were 481 responses to the RFI, but could the minister give us some feedback as to what for the, uh, further formal processes have, have taken place since that RFI was issued and why it's going to take so long. Which brings me on to my next point, which is NURSA. NURSA indicates that there's a three to six month process for Section 34 determinations, and that doesn't align with the interventions that were announced in SONA, uh, and it doesn't align with the desire to get new generation capacity online as quickly as possible, as the president announced. Just also on that, Minister, you've just gazetted the amended amendments to Schedule 2 of the Electricity Regulation Act. And one of the things that everybody was expecting was an increase of the limit from 1 megawatt to 10 megawatts for the licensing of uh, new generation, grid-connected new generation. Could you advise if there's any plans to amend that further? Then lastly, Chair, uh, I did write to Advocate McQuenna about this. The South African diamond and precious metals regulator is apparently impeding exports of diamonds at the moment uh, in contravention of both the regulations as they have been issued and acting ultra-virus. Could you give me some feedback as to whether anything has been done to open up the export of raw diamonds so that we are not further uh, inhibiting the diamond mining sector? Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you, Honorable Malam. Uh... Thank you, Chair. Well, I only have uh, three questions, Chairperson. Um, the first one was that I just need an understanding because when I look at the presentation, uh, slide 12, we had Mintech that uh, presented last time in our meeting that they were having a prototype. Prototype was ready for the rapid test kits and i was hoping that maybe the department was going to give us a report on how far that is now because last time they reported that they had a a, a capacity of uh, producing almost 21 million um, test kits per, per annum so i want to know how far um, are we, how far are we with that um, uh, test kit? 
And then a second one, Chairperson, was that um, with the hand sanitizers being used in the mining sector, you know, you have all types of people saying that they can, um, they, they do give sanitizers or they produce sanitizers. And my question will be, are these sanitizers being used in the, in the mining sector up to standard with the, with the World Health Organization? And then with the code of practice that was um, supposed to be in place by the 25th, 25th of May, I just want to check with the department that has all the mines um, complied. Thank you, Chair. Mamungo, NCOP is only is the person who is only present is the honourable Mungoya still on the NCOP? No, chair. There are other members that they have joined. Can I give it to you because I only recognise honourable Mungoya from this side that speak to the two minutes of those members. Okay. If they want to come in. Yes, uh, yes, Chair. Honorable Mgwenya and then Honorable Matibe will follow. Thanks, uh, Chairperson. And also thank you to the Chairperson of the NA. And uh, thank you very much to the presentation from the department and the presentation from the minister. Chairperson, the presentation touch on some of the APPs of the department regarding to focus on the construction of the petroleum and minerals, particular on the piece of legislature that the department is planning to introduce in light of COVID-19. My question, Chair, is the gas amendment bill and upstream petroleum bill, how will they be classified in terms of the constitution? Will they be classified as Section 76 or Section 75? We need to know in order to plan our legislative program very well. The second question, Chairperson, how much is the funding of the small-scale mining which is planned to be utilized to assist small and junior mines to restart their operation. The third question, Chairperson, what plan do mining com companies have to reduce loss of employment as they take a precondition to reduce the spread of COVID-19 as major operation by large companies close uh, companies? The last question, Chairperson, does the government have a plan to re-sustain small-scale companies that closed down due to the impact of the COVID-19? We all know that most small and medium business are hard hit by the pand pandemic and most belong to black entrepreneurs that the NDP is trying to bring over as playing in the in, in economy. Thanks very much, Chairperson. Thanks, Chair. Thank you, Honorable, uh, 
Honorable Mgwenya, you will follow by Honorable Matibe. Thanks, uh, Chairperson. Uh, I, I've just joined the meeting now. Can you, can I have your indulgence? I will, I will, I will come back um, after the response. I, I don't want to repeat what has been said. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, thanks. No, thanks. Uh, Chairperson, let me ask uh, one question from one of the challenges that are facing mine workers is a transportation company table before their workers' transportation plan during this COVID-19 period, Honorable Minister. That's my question. Thanks, Chair. Then uh, back to you, Chair. Thank you very much, Chair. Can I no this this people uh, I understand that uh, there there have been technical challenges today. Uh, I'm told uh, honorable Tenjane and um, the other committee secretary, Ms. Boss, have been kicked out, but they are still trying to reconnect them. Uh, DG was saying at some point, um, I tried to keep the questions, but I hope if they have missed some, we will ask those members to, to repeat if they've uh, got questions that were missed, but I'm told that they have been, they have been reconnected. Honorable uh, Malinga has been reconnected, uh, but we'll do our level best uh, to make sure that all members. Can I then take the last batch um, now? Is uh, Honorable Malinga. I know Honorable Numale is not here. Uh, Honorable Malinga. Then uh, uh, if he's not here, we will take uh, uh, Honorable Tenjane and then... Uh, no, we'll take Honorable Malinga and, uh, yeah, Honorable Tenjane. Thank you, Chairperson. Uh, greetings to the Chairpersons of the both the Portfolio Committee and the Select Committee. And greetings to the Minister and the Department and colleagues from both uh, the NCOP and Parliament. Chairperson, let me just start by commending the Department on their uh, instruction to the houses for the rigorous uh, testing. Because if they did not even do the unannounced visits, they wouldn't have found out that the mining houses were not testing their, their employees. I think this helped so that we are able to be aware of how many people have been infected in the mining industry and uh, precautionary measures are taken. Also applaud the mining houses chair that have put in place the quarantine facilities and chair just only to check if the health because I heard the minister talking about the health facilities uh, that are put up by mines is uh, is he talking about clinics that are owned by mines? Do those clinics also cater for the surrounding communities in those mines? The person also with the oil price being low. What is the department doing to capitalize on making sure that we have enough oil at a lesser price? Thank you very much, Chair. Okay, Honorable Tenjan, 
Yes, uh, thank you very much, Chairperson. And uh, thank you for the department for the uh, uh, presentation. Yes, well, even if then this, uh, some of these things here, yeah, which were presented today, they make a lot of contradiction with, when compared with uh, the, the last uh, presentation last time. And we said about this, I remember I asked a question to the minister that uh, uh, now that there is a COVID-19, where is the report about that? about the department, and then he said they will come back later on, which is today. Now, there are a lot of contradictions there. For example, I'll start with this now. Minister, ah, you are saying here yeah, by your own mouth, mouth that uh, uh, you cannot stop the virus that is spreading on its own. It's what it's you who are saying that. And uh, we are saying here, yeah, no, it's not correct. We don't agree with you. We are not necessarily also saying that this department must cure the, the, the virus. We are saying it must minimize it so it can stop it. By these workers, if they stay at home, they can stop the, 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 the spreading of, of the virus. Now, we are saying, in short, it's wrong for this mining to open, especially uh, the fact that not all the mines are essentials. We understand on the, mining, uh, on, the, on the coal mining because we need electricity. But you can't say platinum is essential. You can't say gold is essential. That tells us that this department or this government is just uh, 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 worried about uh, profit and everything. It's not worried about the people. Because what is going to happen here, these people will contract the disease there and then come back to the families and spread more of this disease. And then uh, there are a lot of things that which you say with your own mouth, uh, Minister. You are saying you have discovered, when you do uh, inspection, you have discovered yourself that some minds, some minds, are not, full, are not doing screening and are not also uh, doing testing. It's you who told us that. But you said, yet people must go to work. What do you want as a minister? It's not what the, the, the mines will do. You know, the mines, uh, most of them are capitalists. They only want money. They want profit. They don't care about the, the, the life of our, our, our people. And we cannot allow that minister. Then you further on say, uh, you, you have opened minds systematically. What do you mean about that? What do you mean to open a mind systematically? Because you won't be there always to, to monitor the day-to-day -day running of those minds. That is why these people will, will then contract the disease and spread it along themselves and come back to their families, to their families, and also spread it. That's why this, some of these minds, it's not even uh, important for them to be open. They should shut down. They must close completely. And then we wait until this pandemic is slow or is finished, then we can start afresh. Not like this uh, thing of this issue of being driven by, by profit. Uh, this department is here now today, repeating exactly what some of the entities have said last week, of which we don't, we agree. For example, the fact that Mintech is producing uh, uh, testing kits for this uh, 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 virus and the AIDS and all those things, we agree. Last week, and then you are, we are repeating it again now today. So today you want us, we want you to tell us about your plan as a department. Can you rouse that? Not what your entities are going to do. So there are a lot of other, other questions here. And then you are say, saying us lastly, uh, the, there is a confirmation of cases.
on their minds for people who, who are positive is 312. Now, Minister, the question is, what does it say to you? These 312 people, they got families. What would happen if these 312 uh, multiply? Thank you, Honorable Tenjana. Thank you, Honorable Tenjana. Honorable members, we are not trying. Remember, there are still other members that are supposed to come on the last batch. We are trying to make it a point that almost every member who is in this committee meeting today must be able to participate. So let's, let's try and share the time we have. If we still remain with time beyond this, all me when members have spoken, we will still open uh, for questions or follow-ups and we will do almost a similar exercise, allow members to make follow-ups. But let's try our time. It's not that we wish to be smart, but uh, we are trying our level best. That I know there are members also who have asked whether they are still considered. Every member will have to speak in the meeting today and will do everything possible that a member can. Can I go back then to the department to give responses? Uh, the time now is um, 22. Can they please, in the response, come back at 22? 22. Uh, uh, thank you very much, Chairperson. I will answer a few questions and give the team the chance to answer the rest. Let me start with the first one. Uh, allowing companies to operate at 50% and make 100% profit, uh, why they can't retrench? My answer to that question is uh, very simple. Uh, when there was lockdown, four companies approached us wanting to issue section 189, meaning that their intention to retrench, not because they were making profit, uh, two collaries had lost total the, the demand of their product. And the other one was actually in trouble in terms of its cash flow. We stopped all of them and said, don't return during lockdown. All of them complied. Now, post uh, lockdown, uh, they will start engaging the unions, but we said you can't uh, return when unions mobility is limited. Let's stop there. But now, if you say you, pro, you produce 100% 50% workforce, now that is not, that's a question of speculation. Because profits can be calculated and what workforce is also calculated. At this point in time, the question wants us to speculate. And we're not going to speculate. There's no company that has indicated its desire to retrench because it is making huge profits without the workforce. The second one is whether the in infection is important or original. Uh, let me take, for example, the, 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 the Limpopo case in uh, uh, North Duas River, the Marula. In Marula, in the 19 cases, three of those cases were, Mo were from Mozambique. Two of those more cases were from the Eastern Cape. One was from Zimbabwe. 
uh, it means the combination of importing the infection and infecting local communities. I am saying that because that's why once we completed our visit in Limpopo, we made the point that please quarantine all people from epicenters. And we describe epicenters as the Eastern Cape, the Western Cape, Gauteng, to a lesser extent, KZN. Please quarantine them, screen and test them before they proceed to work. So that is a precaution that is intended to minimize the importation of those infections. But the chief inspector will deal with that in detail. The, the, the question of increasing the limit from one megawatt to 10 megawatts, uh, the horse has bolted, Mr. Miller. Uh, people must license uh, their business because you, you get up to 10 megawatts, you have surplus, you will want to trade with that surplus, not unless you say, let's increase it from one to 10 and limit or close trade with anybody who produces up to 10 megawatts of self-generation. We think that would be counterproductive because many of the people who do self-generation will always have surplus that they want to trade. Therefore, it is quite correct to actually license them. Uh, imagine the procurement taking too long. What steps have we taken? Uh, I am sure Didi Jim Bell will answer to that question. But if it's not, I will come back to it. Uh, six months of NASA, I'm sure many of those cases, when Bell answers, he will also tell you that many of the people that are supposed to take six months have been truncated and are taking shorter. Uh, closed mine as a result of COVID-19. As far as I know, there are only two mines that have been closed as a result of COVID-19. The first one was Duas uh, Refir, which was closed by the department, and Mbone, uh, which management saw it necessary and urgent to, to, to close the mine. But the team will answer to those questions. Why can't the department get PPEs at less price? I don't know if the member witnessed the donation of 1 million PPEs by Sibanyi Steel Water to the Department of Wealth in the Northwest. And tomorrow, the donation by um, Petra uh, to the Department of Wealth in Gauteng. Uh, it talks to this issue. Because mining companies must take a bigger responsibility beyond the operation in supplying PPEs. So it is not necessary for the department to buy PPEs for companies who are making profits. They must buy the PPEs, also supply PPEs to communities where they are mining. Intelligence, uh, uh, honorable member, uh, says we must close the mines. It's an easy solution, can be done, but he must appreciate that when we close those mines, we'll close those jobs. Because if mines are not operating, there will be no job. We we'll close the mines, we we'll close the jobs. 
Um, and basically, he suggests that we close the industry. That's not a solution, it's an emotional reaction to a pandemic that is going to stay with us for a long time. It's not going to disappear in two months. It's not going to disappear in three months. It's going to be with us a long time. What we should be learning in these processes is to live with COVID-19 in our communities for a long time. I think we took too long to adapt, to understand how to deal with HIV, AIDS. But after a long time, we began to adapt and begin to see the improvement of the mortality rate in the presence of HIV AIDS. Now we'll do the same with COVID-19, we'll adapt, we'll live with it. If you see me, I put a mask and I put a screen, uh, all that is because uh, I want to minimize the, 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 the spread. He says, we made contradictory presentation, but he said we can't stop the virus. But he, he confirms what we're saying, which is his contradiction. We, we must minimize the impact. That's exactly what I said. That's why I said we wanted to flatten the curve so that the impact of the virus is not attacking us at the same time. But stopping it uh, uh, is it, not kept in a camp where we can stop it. It's spread everywhere. Actually, you feel it better and doesn't change When it hits a person who's close to you, which has happened twice to me in the broader family, uh, that it hit two people. When it hit close to you, you feel it, you know that it can't be stopped. We must be careful. We must minimize it. We must actually flatten the curve. Uh, so your suggestion that all the mines must be closed is not a solution. Actually, we are proposing a disaster. That's what you are doing. You are proposing a disaster. Uh, if you didn't understand the question of how we did this, we, we said level, at level five, only collaries that supply ESCOM and SASOL should continue at full production. Level four, we extended that to open cast. Level three will ramp up in deep mines. And the reason for that is we want to do screening and, and, and testing and be able to be alerted to where the risk is high. Now, the we must bring a plan of the department, not the plan of entities. These entities are entities of the department. They are actually implementing tools of the department. These entities are implementing tools of the department. If you want to separate the department and the entities, uh, again, you're making a suggestion which is no solution. Uh, and therefore, I want to advise the uh, Honorable Tenzan to take out the emotion and deal with these things of the department rationally. I'm handing over to DJ and the team to answer the remaining questions. Thank you very much, Honorable Minister. Mr. Msiza will start, then I will wrap up uh, at the end. Uh, over to you, Chief Inspector of Mines. Uh, uh, thank you, DG. Uh, uh, thank you, Minister. Uh, once again, good afternoon to the Honorable Chairpersons and members and their colleagues. Yes, indeed, as the Minister has indicated, uh, the, 
Uh, we have been requesting mines uh, to screen and test. As we've, as we've been doing the inspections, we have, uh, we have determined that some mines were generally screening, but they were not testing. And hence the cases at Marula and also the uh, the cases at Mboning, as well as as Dwarf's Refuge, as the minister has indicated. Just to come to Honorable Matlaole, uh, the, 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 the high cases on the the dashboard that Honorable Matlaole has, Matlaole has indicated, it's mainly the gold sector is mainly from Mpone. And it was after we've agreed with the mine in line with the disaster management regulations that after they've determined that, that there was one case at the mine um, last week, we have said to them, let's just test in line with those regulations. And they've actually done that and hence those cases. And it's a similar situation with Marula and also it's a similar situation at the uh, was refer and hence you'll actually see uh, the numbers and uh, just to, uh, to come up to the yeah, the questions by honorable mylam as well yes we work together with the department of health especially in the region uh, to investigate and make sure that there's uh, contact tracing so all these mines they follow the department of health guidelines which were issued uh, to say that if there's a case then they have to follow contact tracing and for those that have been traced we also encourage in line with those guidelines that there must be testing and those mines have actually been doing that, including at, uh, at, at um, Poning and Marula, uh, Marula, uh, Marula mine. Uh, and also on the, on the issue of quarantine, yes, we have in line with the, in line with the, with the, with the regulations as well. We have, we have, we have, we have the requested the mines to have quarantine facility at Marula. Sorry, it's like indicated for the cases so that they picked up. Can you please ask minutes. everyone who is not speaking now to please switch off your microphones? We don't want to hear that you are having tea at this time. Whoever is having tea, I don't know. But please, can we switch off all our mics? in particular, but also our video cameras, if we are not on the platform now, please. Now, thank you. In terms of quarantine facilities, for instance, at, at, at Marula, they have a quarantine facility with 100 beds. So all the cases that they picked up, people were, were quarantined there, uh, including at, uh, at Mponeng, they had their own. And also, we've been encouraging the minds that uh, they must collaborate where necessary, and, and and that's what we've also been doing through, uh, through uh, uh, through the inspections. Now, in terms of the communities, uh, honourable members, the guideline that we've gazetted uh, to mitigate and manage uh, COVID in the sector, we've gazetted last week. Uh, we have we've encouraged the, the employers or the mining sector uh, to work together with the local authorities as well to assist. And minister has clearly indicated some of the initiatives that have been embarked upon by the respective uh, 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 mines, including Sibanye and Petra in this case. And, and I, I think that's what we, we generally uh, um, emphasize as we also do uh, the inspections uh, through the sector. Thank you, TG. Hey. Honorable 
Chairs, Minister, Honorable Members and Colleagues, I'll be, I'll be responding, sorry about that feedback. I'll be responding to the presentation of the guest amendment. The guest amendment bill has been classified by the state law advisor as a section 75 bill. So it will not have those uh, provincial implications. However, the upstream petroleum bill has been classified as a section 76 bill. And that means that it has uh, implications on, on provincial consultations. So there will be those robust engagements both with the National Assembly as well as the NCOP on the petroleum upstream bill. But maybe at this point, Minister, I might as well take the opportunity to apprise the honorable members on how far we've gone with the with both bills actually on gas um we are almost ready to take it to cluster last week uh, monday we responded to concerns that were raised by the state law advisor so we're waiting for feedback from them so that they do they give us pre-certification of the bill as soon as we get that pre-certification we'll be ready to take the bill to cluster and so it will go to cabinet. On the upstream petroleum bill, since the comments period closed at the end of February, and um, we received a number of comments from different stakeholders and social partners, and then shortly after that, while we were planning to do consultations throughout the country, we then uh, went into lockdown. However, we have been hard at work with consultations uh, with our stakeholders uh, using virtual meetings. We've consulted the oil industry broadly, the upstream petroleum industry broadly. We've consulted organized labor. We've consulted a number of NGOs and um, other government departments. We have, however, been receiving concerns from some NGOs that um, they're objecting to the method of consultation that we've employed because it excludes communities. And we've responded to them to say, we are not excluding communities. We understand that communities might not be privy to technology to, con uh, to be able to connect with us via virtual meetings. So we've said to them, as soon as we're out of lockdown, we will be going out to communities to consult them on the bill. It's not that we are excluding them. It's a question of saying, let's allow the work to proceed where it can using a virtual technology. So that's where we are broadly with the two bills. And we are quite comfortable that our work is progressing okay and we should be okay to table the bills in Parliament by the end of this financial year. Now, there was also a question on the funding for small-scale miners. This year, from the fiscals, we received an allocation of about 23 million rands. Um, which we are going to use to assist small-scale miners. Um, as of next week, Tuesday, we have a committee that sits and processes applications that we receive. So we will be sitting on Tuesday to adjudicate the, the applications that we've received. And we, upon approval of those applications, we then instruct IDC to, re to release the funds because IDC manages the funds for us. And the last question in relation to whether we have any plans to resuscitate small businesses affected by COVID-19, 
we have taken the approach that says over and above the small scale mining funds that we have because they are limited we're also encouraging mining companies to tap onto the 500 billion rand stimulus package that has been announced by president so all the companies that are talking to us we are ensuring that we um advise them to also approach um, the National Treasury as well as SARS for the relief uh, packages on tax and all that, and for them to be able to tap on all the incentives that um, National Treasury has put on the table for them. I'll stop there, DG. I think that's it from my side. Thank you. DG, I'm granting you a final Okay, Okay, um, good afternoon, um, honorable chairs, honorable members, um, honorable minister. Um, my name is Jacob Mbele. I'm going to respond or add to the issue that um, the minister touched on, on um, which was about the work that we're doing on uh, emergency power. Um, there are a number of initiatives apart from the 2000 megawatts that I should touch on. Um, out of uh, the RFI that we ran in December, or the request for information, we identified that the projects um, or the proposals that had come to the department um, could be categorized into those that require long-term power purchase agreement and those that uh, require short-term uh, supply agreement with whoever the offtake is. So we divided the programs into two and because ESCOM procurement processes allows them to procure directly uh, the projects that can contract on short-term, we've actually uh, referred those to ESCOM and um, you may be aware that ESCOM has already run a process of procurement. They had issued two requests for proposals for projects that are available that are looking for short-term supply contracts. And these are generally the projects that uh, or the facilities that are already operational and they've got additional power uh, that they can make available to to to, to the national grid. But uh, ESCOM is also running uh, or looking at demand side management, which is basically uh, they believe that there's about 300 megawatt of potential uh, demand side of reducing uh, on, on the demand side. Um, and then the, 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 the next initiative that we're looking at is that, um, again, it is in the public domain that uh, the IPPs have indicated that um, they may have available additional capacity that they would like to uh, add to the grid. The IPP office is working on that initiative. From the work that they've done so far, we've identified that there's about 128 megawatts uh, that is possible. And that process is, is underway. And we believe that these initiatives that I've just mentioned, we believe that they can be finalized and they can bring the power into the national grid within the next three months to six months. Coming to the 2000 megawatts um, of emergency power, um, I can report that uh, one of the uh, biggest milestones that we had to go through before we could actually initiate the procurement process was the concurrence by NASA on the Section 34 that the minister had issued. NASA has, um, in the last week, uh, concurred to the determination 
and um, the department is now working with the IPP office and uh, preparing documentation for procurement of these uh, 2,000 megawatts. And uh, we believe that um, it should be out within the next month or month and a half, the latest. And I, I can also confirm that um, we've also had to obviously address some of the concerns that ESCOM as the buyer had uh, in terms of the risk sharing and those issues have been addressed and ESCOM has confirmed, confirmed that they will participate as the buyer for the 2000 megawatts. I think that's um, that's the feedback I can give at, at this point. Thank you. Uh, good afternoon, uh, honorable chairs and honorable members, honorable minister. Um, I want to respond to two questions uh, briefly. The, the first one is on the diesel, and then the other one is on uh, what we're doing in terms of the price of, uh, of oil. Firstly, I want to say that in as far as diesel is concerned, there is no shortage of diesel, but the stocks of diesel are low. That is a fact. Uh, what we saw is that there was a surge in demand when the country moved from level five to level four. And that surge in demand happened when all the refineries uh, in the country were in shutdown because of the reduced uh, uh, demand. So what has been implemented now is a rationing of supply. So for example, if you as a retailer, you order 100,000 uh, liters of diesel, you are going to be supplied with uh, 70,000 or in some cases 50,000. This is to make sure that no one uh, runs out of, uh, of stocks of diesel. How long will this persist? They, we expect that uh, this situation will self-correct by this weekend. And why are we saying so? And that is because uh, the subref refinery owned by BP and Shell has started up uh, and will be producing by this weekend. Also, Engine is in the process of starting up their refinery and they will also be producing diesel by this weekend. What else is happening is that uh, we have two import vessels. One has docked in Durban and uh, is busy offloading uh, diesel as we speak. One is offloading in East London and could not dock in PE because of weather. So that is where we are in as far as uh, supply uh, is concerned. On the issue of the oil price, I think the benefit has already been passed by the minister to the consumer in the fact that in the sense that uh, there was a 350 that was passed per liter that was passed to the consumer uh, in the past two months as a result of low oil prices uh, of course we know that uh, the oil price has now increased so some of those gains uh, we will lose um, come uh, next uh, week when the price is changed but uh, that has had, as indicated in the presentation, the low fuel prices have had an impact on inflation 
and then that has been passed on to the economy as a whole. Thank you very much. Uh, the last uh, three questions um, that I would just want to, to wrap up quickly. There was a question on whether are we giving the required support to Mintech and Pelcam. The answer is uh, in affirmative. However, it must also be noted that uh, they are also required to comply with the prescripts and so that support is being done within the confines of the law. There was also a question around the export of diamonds. Uh, we know that uh, the minister has been meeting with the relevant uh, stakeholders, including the Mineral Council, on some of the challenges that uh, the sector is going through. Now, this issue, it has been brought to our attention. We have uh, raised it with the CEO of the regulator. It is receiving the necessary attention that it deserves. There is also a meeting later tonight uh, with the CEO of uh, the, the regulator together with the diamond uh, producers to see how can we assist. Because one of the things that we are trying to avoid, of course, it is the right of anyone to go to the courts, but we try to resolve matters within the department uh, before they can even go to the court. And so if then we can't reach any consensus, then um, the parties would be able to opt for other uh, avenues to seek uh, a relief. And so, but we are optimistic that uh, it's a matter that will be able to resolve. There was a question around uh, the infections, whether they um, arose from the mines. Uh, with uh, what we have observed from Mponeng, uh, honorable members, they would also uh, take note of the fact that uh, those people are coming from the surrounding communities. Uh, they are within the townships, and so it is not like they found the, the virus or they were infected as a result of them working at the mine. You remember that uh, after the minister issued the directive that there must be a rigorous screening and testing. Now they started with that process. When these people, they came back to work, they first started by uh, screening them. And also uh, after that, they were tested. And now most of the people that have been tested, they did not have any symptoms of COVID-19, but the mind based on the directive that was issued by the minister, they had to comply and they complied. Then as a result of that, uh, people were found to be positive. Uh, I think the other questions the minister has uh, responded to, but the only point that I just want to touch on is that uh, we have been, you know, as we are coming with our entities, yes, indeed, some of the issues on COVID-19, we touched on them, but uh, in the main, we were aware that we'll be required to come back here to account in terms of what are the measures that we have put in place in responding to COVID-19 challenges. Of course, the minister has clarified this question that uh, we have entities. We remember that uh, these entities, we also transfer funds to them to implement certain disciplines on behalf of the department. And so that's what makes them to be entities of uh, the Department of Mineral Resources and Energy. I think, Honorable Chair, we have tried to cover uh, all, the, all the questions. Thank you very much, Chair. 
Thank you, thank you, Titi. Before, before you could skip my one minute, in fact, I've already stolen my one minute. Honorable uh, members, I want to check from the NSOP after this. We will have uh, Honorable Phillips with your three minutes, Honorable Volmarans, Volmarans, Honorable Kula, three minutes, all of, all of them. Is there any member of the NCOP who has not been given an opportunity to ask a question? Who's going to be speaking for the first time so that when we finish with those members and the questions are answered, we will enter the second part of, of it, which will be follow-up questions if we still have time. But I want to check a member, an uh, honorable member from the NCOP, any member who has not been given an opportunity to ask a question. I think uh, they are fine. Okay, thank you, thank you, Chairperson. Honorable Phillips. Thank you, Chair. I'm just trying to turn my camera on. It seems to. Oh, there we go. Okay, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Um, I've just got a couple of questions. Um, a lot of the timelines in the tables go nine to 12 months. Um, now, I'd just like to know for that timeline, is that the timeline that you're going to take before you start the project or nine to 12 months, the time, uh, the time that you envisage to actually get the project off the ground? If so, can you provide us with a list of the um, pre-feasibility studies that have been done or the feasibility studies? That would be really great. Um, then the other one that I wanted to ask um, is uh, the um, on slide 27, you want to reduce the um, input costs. Now, the major input cost of the smelters is power and labor. Um, if you can tell us how you're going to reduce those costs, that would be really great um, because we've got a lot of smelters in our area. And then on slide 28, the minting of the platinum coin. That's a great idea. And I'd just like to know, will that be that coin be um, exempt from that or will that be charged on that particular um, coin? Uh, and the uh, projects on slide 23 that you are listing, the four areas where you're going to explore, can you please give us a list of what minerals you're looking for in each of those specific areas? Thank you so much. Thank you, Honorable Phillips. Honorable Volmarans. Uh, th thank you, Chair. Um, uh, let me take this opportunity to greet um, uh, both the chairs, the minister, and uh, the team as a whole. Uh, Chairperson, um, uh, firstly, let us uh, acknowledge the fact that uh, the, the department has done quite a splendid work. If you compare with the entities that came through the questions that we asked, the clarities that we asked, and it has been incorporated in uh, interventions by the department, uh, it must be uh, uh, applauded. Um, a number of, 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 of um, issues that they put on the table, Chair, uh, or the entire uh, presentation is underpinned by one, saving jobs, uh, attracting um, investments 
and also um, creating new jobs. I think uh, that is basically what, what, what we understand from there, apart from the other questions. Now, a number of questions uh, I'm disadvantaged because they have been uh, answered. Um, uh, the question of the protocol where people come from outside uh, to the mines, uh, that quarantine protocol has been answered by the minister. Mr. Msiza has answered a few. Ndogozo read my mind um, when she was dealing with um, uh, a small-scale miners and uh, the IDC management uh, part. Now, there's an initiative um, that deals with the manufacturing of sanitizers, manufacturing of masks and shields. Uh, from the briefing of the different ministers, there is a short uh, of production within the country. Um, is this not an opportune time for the departmental entities to be helped either by resources funding so that they can um, assist in, in ramping up production so that they can have a place in the market uh, for these uh, um, uh, sanitizers and masks, uh, shields and so forth. That is one of the questions. And uh, the other one was uh, the capacity, and it has been uh, asked and um, answered through cons um, uh, Honorable Malinga. The purchasing of stock, um, uh, do we have the resources, both financial and the capacity to store at this um, uh, uh, low prices that we have um, uh, at this stage. Uh, but other other questions have been have been have been answered by the participants before, Chairperson. Thank you. Honorable Kola. No, uh, thank you very please, uh, Salo. Uh, greetings to the chairperson of the select committee of the NSOP, the minister and the department's team. I think my first question stems from the question posed by Honorable Volmarans, that with the gradual opening up of the economy of schools, of universities, and etc., there will be an, an increase in the demand of PPE screening and testing kit. How is the department positioning some of its entities like Mintech and Caterpillar to benefit a larger share of this demand? My second question is around the, I think it was covered in the executive summary and the response that many mines have been undergoing screening at a larger scale, but less so, less so with regards to testing. What is the department's plans to ensure that there is an improvement in the level of testing that is done by mining uh, companies as we prepare to enter uh, level three of the uh, lockdown? Uh, in the presentation uh, around the strategic fuel fund, there is a suggestion that says that, and I quote, the government through SFF is also looking at the opportunity to of yeah yeah of purchasing the of the level of strategic stock to purchasing of crude oil and in another slide it reads that 
lower oil prices have also created storing opportunity for the strategic uh, which has been able to rent out for the strategic fuel fund which has been able to rent out some of its tanks to international oil traders earning an income from this in the process my question is as follows chair how much of sff tanks have been rented out to international oil traders and the economic benefit and of such and how many remains for us to be able to undertake what i deem as the most logical gesture which is that of the government through sff being able to do it for themselves also chairperson bearing in mind the high demand of crude oil when there is a, this challenge of the covid-19 or when we are at a, at lower levels of the alert would it have it would have not would it have not been ideal for the option of rather than to rent out the tanks to international uh, trader for the sff to rent out their tanks to international oil traders for us to be able to store the the, the fuel ourselves uh, lastly chairperson or second before last is that uh, there is a suggestion that says the department will motivate for a government agency either the state diamond trader or the africa african exploration in in mining and finance corporation to procure strategic minerals for the state i think this chairperson is a is a suggestion that will be welcomed and i think it is long overdue but i wanted to check with the department when looking at the mandate of both the state diamond trader and the the mandate of the amfs is it not strategic that this will be a role that will be undertaken by the african exploration mining and finance corporation i had a question that i also wanted to ask chairperson but and you read after, hard, please okay uh, there was a question that i wanted to ask uh, uh, but after the some the way the minister uh, summarized honorable mchenjan i think i will not ask that particular question anymore uh, thank you very much chairperson okay honorable minister the time is uh, is 1 minute plus is 1 minute past um 2 at 12 past 2 can you please bring the ropes to me uh chairperson uh, of the portfolio committee and the chairperson of the select committee honorable members I'm going to allow the team to answer questions um, and take the last questions. And I must indicate that from two o'clock now, the national coordinating, uh, the, the national command council is starting its seat. But let me finish this question and then allow the team to deal with the second phase. Uh, after when they have answered the question i will come back and make few remarks and then i hope you will release me to go to the national coordinating council a dj thank you very much honorable minister we will respond to the questions dj
Unmute, Doroso, unmute. My apologies once again for the feedback noise. Um, on the question around Minister and DG Simdogoza is in an awkward situation of communication. DG? Where is the DG? <laughs> it seems the whole team DM. Okay, okay, let me start. Uh, let me start. Come, come, come. Uh, Mm-hmm. Okay. Can you hear me, uh, Mr. Chaperson? Yes, we hear you. I can see that uh, Honorable Bilangulo is now back. Uh, let me deal with a few questions. I hope that the team will reconnect. One. There's a question that input costs are mainly energy and labor. Uh, you know, that is an ideological position because operations are not only energy and labor. There are many other aspects of the operation that uh, constitute input costs. And if we are to, to improve input costs, we must look at the company all around. I had a discussion with a few mining companies, and one of the things that we're beginning to understand together is that one of the highest costs in the industry is mindset. Mindset and resistance to change is costing the industry heavily. So we must work together intentionally. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chairs. I need to answer the question on the strategic fuel fund. Now the in the middle of sentences. Your boss was still, was still on the floor because you, you, you got okay. to disappear from the screens. We would have you on the radar. So you were like a lost man. <laughs> 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 May I proceed? May I proceed? Okay, I will come back later. 
thank you, Honorable Minister. Uh, in as far as the strategic fuel fund is concerned, uh, there's always have, you always have to have a balance between what you purchase and what you basically um, allow the other oil traders to store. So effectively, we do have uh, between uh, four and five million barrels of storage available. And uh, now if you do the mathematics, uh, you would need quite a number of dollars uh, for one to purchase uh, four million barrels. Okay. So that is a balance that you always have to strike. Uh, when you rent out the, the storage, you earn income also in dollars. And when you do the conversion into rent terms, there is a benefit for the strategic fuel fund, which benefit then is also used to replenish uh, the stocks. Um, I am not sure if I've uh, covered, but uh, that's where I would want to leave it, that we have four to five million barrels of uh, storage that uh, we can play around with at the moment. Thank you. Uh, we cut Ndogozo in the middle, DJ. Ndogozo, can you can you wrap up? Okay, on on the Minister, I don't know. Okay, you disappear. Open door disappear. Come back, DJ. Thank you very much, uh, Honourable Minister. I think that there is only one question that is still outstanding, or two. We are supporting our entities. You remember, Minister, one of the things that you have raised is that uh, Mintech, for an example, is a research uh, organization. Now, we need also to make sure that in terms of marketing, uh, there is that component because they must produce uh, in big numbers. We want mass production of what they are doing. And now there must be uh, an element also of marketing the, the products that they are producing. And that would also be applicable with uh, Pelchem as well. In fact, that is a strategic uh, position or decision that we have taken in the department to support them. Now, the other question, it is in relation with the minerals that we will be looking at. We are looking at uh, rare earth elements. We are also looking at uh, floor spa. We are looking at uh, phosphate. And so those are some of the minerals that we will be looking at uh, from those uh, explorations that we, we, we presented earlier. But by and large, uh, Honorable Minister, I think you, you will just summarize. I think we have covered all the questions that uh, Honorable Members have raised. So thank you very much, Honorable Minister. Uh, but uh, DJ, you are summarizing a number of minerals. If we bump into gold, we'll mine it. If we bump into PGMs, we'll mine them. If we bump into manganese, we'll mine them. So when you do exploration, we're looking for minerals. Once we discover them, half the time, 
We discover a polyamineral sometimes in the majority of cases. We discover a combination of minerals. So as long as we step up exploration, the life of mining is better. Now, let me leave the input because I think I finished that question. The, the, the last point I want to make is that in terms of manufacturing PPEs, the discussion what we're having as a country is to increase our manufacturing capacity so that we don't import everything. We must be able to, to manufacture things. We need to protect some of sectors that are small and coming, but it also requires a more uh, aggressive entrepreneurship in society. Uh, instead of waiting for luck, and every time somebody makes a discovery, we complain who has made that discovery when we're not active in the market. Our people must be encouraged and persisted to be active in manufacturing. The last point I want to leave the ministry, the meeting with the uh, uh, chair, is that just two points. In the country, we're having 11,217 active cases. We have 11,917 recoveries. The 381 deaths, the 312 cases in the mines are part of those figures. Sometimes there is a mistake of thinking that mining is a country within a country. Uh, isolate the 312 uh, cases in mining out of the actual big picture of the country. We're having uh, over 23,000 cases uh, as a country. Out of that 23,000, 312 cases are in the mines and want to monitor those. Uh, I agree with uh, Mr. Mela that um, uh, we can do better in terms of the petroleum sector, though half of it is in communities. So cost cases in that sector are swamped in the communities, but we'll look into a dashboard for that sector. The last point I want to leave is that the committee must remember that the demand for diamonds has collapsed in all major centers, US, Europe, and China, and that will impact on our export capacity. I wanted to leave those cases and beg both chairperson to list me to go and join the National Command Council. Otherwise, I will miss very important issues and discussion that will impact on the department. You are released, Minister. You are released, uh, Minister. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, yes. Memo I hope that the chairperson of the, the Portfolio Committee cannot change that decision by the <laughs> by the cynic. The chairperson from the cynic has released me. You know, you know, you may make a person, you may make a person change his mind. Uh, <laughs> that's by statements made. Can we allow and release the minister? If we get up a new singer and administration from the general 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 we are Okay. 
No, let's release the minister. Uh, Honorable Chair, I suggest that if it, if it needs be, let's start with you as the NCOP members, probably three if there are any, with one minute, one minute each to make follow-up questions. We still have got time. We can do these follow-up questions. Uh, I look at us all when we are here. Uh, I think from the from the NA, we've got about, uh, if I'm not mistaken, we've got 10. 10. And if we add the NSOP, it means we can fit on the 15 minutes. Can we check in the uh, person from the <coughs> NCOP Congress, people who, who honorable members, yeah, who <laughs> wants to make follow-up questions? Okay. Uh... Thanks, Chairperson. Uh, let me check. Uh, uh, Honorable Nguenya, do you have any question? Uh, thanks, thanks Chairperson. Mm. All my questions have been uh, answered in the Abonga Gakulu. Honorable Matibe, do you have any question? I might not have a follow-up, uh, Honorable Mutise, because I did not ask, but just okay. uh, as a by-the-way issue that they can also reflect on. The, the, the demand of the minerals might decline uh, looking at the COVID-19. Uh, yes. what, what could be their, the... There are mitigating factors in relation to the Africa free trade. And uh, yeah, that, that's what I wanted to, to look into. And, and just lastly, um, the issue of illegal mining, I don't know whether it was uh, addressed before I arrived into the meeting and its impact on the spread of coronavirus. Yeah. Okay. Honorable Katie? Yes, Chairperson, I'm here. I don't have any questions. Thank you. Thanks, Chair. Are you done? Are you done, Chair? Yes, we are done. Okay. Let me let me in, in one minute. Honorable Kula. One minute. Do you have any any question of follow up? He doesn't have. You don't have. Okay. Uh, Honorable Phillips, any follow up? One minute. Yeah. Um, th thank you, Chair. Sorry, my question about VAT being levied on the um, platinum coins was never answered. If I could get an answer to that, please. Thank you. Okay. Uh, is Honorable uh, Tenjan? Yes, yes, Chairperson. Thank you. Yeah, follow up in one minute. Yes, I do have. Uh, Chairperson, I'm worried there. Yeah, it's a pity the minister is gone now, but at least the, G, the DG is there. He's going to tell him. Uh, it's not right for the minister to tell us when we ask questions. Then he said we are angry or we got anger. 
This is exactly, you must remember that this pandemic is a serious issue. People are dying here, it's not a joke. So when we ask questions, we ask questions on behalf of the community. So it's not anger, it's the reality. So you must stop to come here and tell us that we are asking anger questions here. And then on the entities, Chairperson, uh, when I said they must not repeat what the entities have said, it's correct because the entities were here. They told us exactly they're going to start uh, manufacturing those kits, testing kits. Why would they come and tell us the same thing? Then what is the use of the executive on the other side of the entities? That means there's got no use at all. So they can't take their job. We know they belong to this uh, uh, department. And also by saying they must close the mine, does it mean that because the parliament is closed now, we are out of job? Is what he's saying. Because we are saying they can close until the pandemic is over, not to finish the job to say people must go home. It's not, I never say that. So he must be real, realistic. He must not come and intimidate us when we ask questions. It's not right, Chairperson, because these questions are asked by the community. Thank you very okay. much. Okay. Honorable, uh, Honorable Volman, I hope you take notes, DG. Not, not Chair. I'm, 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 I'm sufficiently covered, Chair. Okay. Chair? Yes, I'm covered. Is Honorable Nilangudu in? Because I only hear the minister is telling us about him being in. None. Honorable Thank you, Chairperson. Mine is not a question, but to commend the department that they are now concentrating on. Uh, assisting small mining houses during this COVID-19. Thank you very much, Chair. Okay, Honorable. Honorable Follow up one minute. Uh, thank you very much, Chair. Uh, the network has been really dealing with me, so I missed most of the answers from the department. But I just want to say, Chair, um, on the rehabilitation uh, trust fund, I just want to tell the department that we will be watching you very, very closely to make sure that um, this fund is not abused and that it is directed to the people which is supposed to benefit um, in the end of the day. So I, we just want to tell the department that we will be watching you very closely on this one and we hope that you'll be giving us also a report as we move forward thank you chair thank you honorable Milam. thank you chairperson uh, chairperson just to, to start off with my question about the downstream assets that uh, were looking to be procured specifically slide 19 and 22 i don't believe that was answered what downstream assets and where are those costs coming from uh, where where are, is the funding coming from then just to follow up on the thing about the diamonds the dg uh, spoke about the fact that there was no demand but the fact of the matter is that the diamond and precious metals regulator is preventing uh, producers traders and license holders from putting those diamonds on export uh, at the Diamond Export Exchange Center. So that is ultra-virus, and I'd really like to know what the DG is doing about that. My last comment was, Mr. Mbele spoke about the rationing of supply of diesels. Now, he said there's no shortage, but a rationing of supply is indicative of 
a shortage or a potential shortage. I acknowledge that it's going to self-correct, but the question that I have to ask in follow-up is, what is the status of strategic reserves that is being held by refineries and wholesalers? In the draft strategic stocks, uh, fuel stocks policy of 2013, which has never been adopted, but we need, and we need to actually move on that, it says that, that wholesalers and, and refineries should hold 14 days supply. I'd like to know whether they, they do hold supply, if so, how much, and what is being done to access that supply. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Mailam. Thank you very much, Chair. Um, the, the minister has mentioned um, a very interesting point that uh, they've agreed with mines that uh, workers who are coming back to work, but from the, the declared epicenters like your Eastern Cape, your Western Cape, your Houting, uh, they've agreed with mines that they must be screened and tested before they go to work. Operative word being to work. Uh, I just want to, to deposit a wish there that I think it should be those that are coming from the epicenters are screened and tested before they go to the communities that they were not uh, in otherwise uh, as they were in their own uh, provinces or other countries because communities should come first before uh, uh, the, the workplace. Uh, I just want to deposit the wish that uh, though the minister is not here, I know Mr. Msiza is here, that we should prioritize communities that will bear the brand of this transmission from other provinces, other countries, to where they stay. Unfortunately, it's mining towns. They can't go anywhere. They stay there. Thank you very much. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable uh, Masale. GG. You are at the center. Thank you very much, Chair. Uh, we will respond to the questions. Uh, Chairperson, with your permission, I will respond to two questions. Uh, one, I think uh, it is true that uh, had we not done anything, had we not uh, rationed, there would have been a shortage because that potential was there for a shortage. But I think uh, the refiners have uh, come to the party in fact, some of the refineries are coming back on stream ahead of schedule. But this was because of, uh, you know, the extraordinary times that uh, we, we, we live in. In as far as strategic stocks are concerned, uh, it is true that uh, there was a strategic stocks policy that was uh, drafted. And uh, that uh, main, in the main was going to deal with uh, crude oil stocks, but also then uh, finished products. Uh, but it is also true that that document has not been uh, finalized. Uh, but uh, I think uh, our policy uh, department uh, is hard at work uh, looking at finalizing that. The main reason really for that not being finalized was 
really the issue of affordability. How do you finance that? Because you cannot ask people to store um, or keep strategic stocks without uh, compensating. And at the time, the crude oil price was high and fuel prices were also high. On the issue of the downstream assets, um, we would want to request that because there will be approaches to members uh, or to companies that operate in the sector, perhaps uh, we be uh, allowed to just indicate that it would be those uh, assets that involve infrastructure such as storage assets and so on. The appetite, um, as was indicated um, in today's uh, one of the publications, for 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 those uh, is not really there um, in the in the in the department as well as its entities. So it's mainly infrastructure, bulk infrastructure assets that ordinarily are the state gets involved in. And that is uh, uh, where I would want to leave it. Thank you very much, Chair. Good afternoon, Chairpersons. Good afternoon, DG, members of parliament, colleagues. I'll be answering the question on the illegal mining and its impact on the COVID-19. Yes, Chairpersons, we are continuing to receive reports regarding illegal mining. And as the department, we are continuing to work with the law enforcement agencies. For instance, in Limpopo, about a week or so ago, we were able to confiscate about 20 trucks, and those trucks were carrying chrome, stolen chrome. And then together with SAPs, the HOTS, Access to Fascia Unit and the NPA were able to confiscate those drugs. At the moment, we are working. There's a process that we're going through to make sure that we don't lose that home to the state because we all agree that the illegal mining is costing the state revenue lost. And again, we've identified some hotspots for the illegal mining, for instance, areas like Yolimpopo, Mpumalanga, especially on coal, northwest, and then Eastern Cape and KZN mainly will be sent along the rivers. So yes, Chairperson, we are working continuously with the law enforcement agencies. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you, Chairperson. Chairperson. Thank you, Chairpersons. Uh, my name is Lucas Molaudi. I'll be responding to the question that relates to the timelines. Um, you'll, you'll realize that uh, we have, we've got two documents here that we're talking to, which are intertwined to those um, uh, interventions, uh, implementation phases, which is the strat plan for five years, the APP for one year. But in terms of the timelines indicated in the interventions, they will be dealt with in terms of the project management principles. In other words, uh, there will be the quick wins that will be taking off, and but in in the main, the timelines will be dealt with in accordance with the initiation phase, that is the takeoff, project in, inception, as well as project approval and implementation. 
those that are feasibly doable within the first year, which is aligned with the APPs and the corporate plans of SOEs will be done. And the rest will be done in terms of the MTEF period, as well as the MTSF period. Thank you. Okay, thank you so much. Apologies again for the feedback noise. For that, honorable chairs, <clears throat> on the question about the, the platinum coin, we were saying that um, we are currently undertaking research and we are in conversation with the National Treasury and the industry on, on the, the, the platinum coin. But we are not approaching this initiative as just a standalone issue. It's a broader issue where we've taken a position that says ourselves, Russia and Zimbabwe, hold the largest world reserves of PGMs, and yet we continue to be price takers. So we're looking at broad interventions which we could employ to influence demand, one, but also influence the price of PGMs. And just the coin is but one of them. But at a broader level, we're even looking at suggestions that have been brought to our attention, suggestions around using platinum for reserves as well. So as soon as um, we have advanced uh, that research, we would be happy to share details. At this point, we haven't finalized the modalities of um, whether the, the coin would be that exempted or things like those, but we continue to engage National Treasury, SARS, the SA Mint, and the Reserve Bank as we uh, proceed with this work. And then, Honorable Mailam, you asked the question around the demand for diamonds. It is a fact that since 2018, the demand for diamonds has been in a steady decline. And the Hong Kong uprisings last year did not have held that trend either. As well as the US-China trade war, because you would know the biggest markets for us for diamonds is US, China, Hong Kong. So it is a fact that the demand for diamonds is in decline. And now the, the, the latest intervening circumstance in that economy is the COVID-19 pandemic. And that has also not helped the situation either. Now, this is backed by science and real figures. Because on a monthly basis, we collect production stats from mining companies and we analyze those and we juxtapose that against the statistics from the DEC. That's now the export figures of diamonds. And throughout our analysis since the end of 2018, we have been in a decline. We still are in that uh, uh, trend and we are busy forecasting uh, as we speak. Um, to see where this is going to go post um, this pandemic. But let me quickly talk to the issue that you raised about 
the DEC not allowing trading to happen. When we got to level four, we took a decision to say, we cannot say mining must open and not allow trading to happen because then it only, it, it would have meant that we are saying mine and stockpile and not make money and not be able to pay salaries. So trading um, at the DEC is allowed. Trading is currently happening at the DEC. The problem is we've limited it to producers and not traders. Reason behind that being when we saw the threat of employment and job losses from producers as well as beneficiators, which are the cutters and polishers, we then took a decision to say we would allow them and not traders, because traders are not, they don't employ anybody, they are just one-man shows who are in essence middlemen who would buy ordinarily from, for example, DPS and want to sell as a middleman whereas the DEC will opened up the DEC to all the producers, large and small, including diamond diggers, uh, uh, for that matter, from the Northwest and the Northern Cape. They are allowed to trade um, as we speak at the DEC. But the, 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 the economics and the downward trend on the demand for diamonds is still in decline, has been in decline for almost two years now, and we're still seeing that trend continuing for the foreseeable future. Thank you, Honorable Chairs and PG out for the Thank you. Thank you very much, Honorable Chair. Um, we have responded to, to all the questions. We have also taken note of uh, some of the comments from the Honorable Members. Thank you very much, Chair. Okay. Thank you, PG. Okay. I'm, 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 I'm just worried about... Uh, yeah, sometimes the question of time, before I go to the chair of the NCOP, I'm worried when we, if, if we were to, to leave this thing, may I then say we will have to go back to our respective uh, committees, um, probably for now individually, but I suggest that we will have to quickly bring forth the issue of the, the minutes of this meeting. The reason I'm saying so, honorable members, is that I'm of the view that we will not exhaust most of the issues that we have dealt with today as questions of clarity. I believe that as a committee, as committees of parliament, or as a committee of parliament with different house, houses, we have a duty and a responsibility to ensure that we satisfy ourselves that the work that is being undertaken it is in the best interest of the country, in the best interest of um, the uh, of workers, but also it's in the best interest of uh, growing our economy. <clears throat> the, the, the issues, DG, if we had time, I would have wanted to raise. First, to start from the point uh, which I'm not sure whether the minister understood, which was raised by Honorable Mashaule, with regards to the fact that <clears throat> the understanding is clear. The first issue is about a comprehensive strategy to ensure that health and safety is strengthened, in particular in light of the COVID-19 uh, epidemic. 
so so sometimes I get a sense that we want to separate uh, these issues. The context, which I think for me is quite critical, is that any exercise that is being undertaken, it has to ensure that uh, there is maximum health and safety protection. There is an issue of ensuring that uh, this pandemic should not be seen to be anti-trade or anti-economy. Anti, anti Secondly, it, we must ensure that uh, there's job security. We must ensure that uh, we grow the economy, not the other one better than the other. All of them comprehensively need to be attended to. But also we have to ensure that we create uh, jobs um, uh, out of such an economy. So I, I, I'm, I'm saying, therefore, it might have been nice to have much more an open discussion, which is the context Honorable Marshall, I thought was coming to, uh, which I wanted to, to share, to say, as we continue to make such interventions. For an example, honestly, any person would think that the line of conducting business, it is about other matters. Such other matters are as a consequence, which is why one, some would argue and say, then the area of regulation has to come in. The point is simple, is that in the absence of a managed, managed, a managed process, which is output, which is about production level, there is, I, 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 I don't think we should then be uh, not aware of the fact that if I employ 50 people now and I can produce as much as I can, with 50% of that, which is 25, most definitely, uh, they might be very hard. I'm just saying, so I would have loved to have that discussion being taken further in terms of that. But um, linked to this, for me, we still have to have a thorough discussion also around the issues of energy security and energy generation in the context of where the pandemic is. If we say it is still going to be with us, and we are just at the entry point, if one were to use that word, if it is allowed in health terms. We are just at the entry point, and this is a, a winter disease, if we were to use again, if it is allowed. But this is a disease that strives under, under, under the cold conditions. We should be able then to satisfy ourselves that the measures in place in terms of energy generation and energy security, uh, security are matters that uh, can give us a guarantee. It may not only be the department, but at a policy level. So, so I, that's why I'm saying I suggest that we will have to look at bringing back these minutes very quickly, look at them, start to engage, not from a presentation point of view, honorable members. Whether we discuss them separately or jointly, or we start to discuss them separately and then later on jointly, we have, in my view, and, and from where I sit at an NA level, maybe we'll have to deal with the issues under matters arising so that we can have a thorough discussion. If we have to make concrete proposals to the department, then we must be able to do so. Lastly, DG, two issues that for me I thought would be quite critical is the capacity of the department to respond and, and also the status currently. Is the department all its offices open and what is the nature of operation? What are the demand or the cost implications of the intervention that you make? I think it would be nice to get to get clarity on those issues. Uh, but as I say, from where I sit as the chair, uh, I, I can't forsake you because it's a lot of work that needs to be done. 
Can I uh, can I then uh, check with you before maybe if you want to have a take in your closing remarks, which will not be more than five minutes. Can I check with the NCOP chair whether he has got any comments specifically on this matter? No, chair, I'm fine. I'm covered. Chair, do you have a take and you close your your your, your presentation at the same time? Oh, okay. No, let me... No, no, I'm saying the, the, the DG. Oh. No, we're coming for your closing remarks, sir. Don't worry. I can't forget you. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chairs of the Portfolio Committee and also Select uh, Committee. Uh, we really appreciate uh, the opportunity that you have offered to us to come and give you uh, what we have put uh, together as the department as part of our response to uh, COVID-19 uh, challenges, being it uh, the current and also post-COVID-19. Uh, uh, Chair, you have covered on some critical uh, aspects. I will not respond to each and every aspect of your question, but uh, the issue of uh, production, uh, which you have just raised, that uh, maybe uh, mining companies may say no, we have been able to produce at 100% with 50% uh, labor. We have discussed this issue. We are all well aligned. We are not anticipating any challenge because it is something that we have uh, raised with uh, the, the Mineral Council together with other mining companies that uh, are not necessarily uh, members of the Council. In fact, uh, there is a, a, an understanding around this uh, particular matter. Now, as for the department chair, whether are we ready as uh, mining companies are going to ramp up, as we have indicated that uh, this is going to be systematic, uh, the decision has been made. And now, starting from next week, uh, the companies, they will start bringing people and we are not expecting 100% uh, employees to be at work because remember that we are still also on uh, level four and there are still some restrictions. And so th those restrictions are still applicable in terms of the regulations. Now, the, if they do that, which means especially those that are having people that are staying at their hostels, then they would be you know, contravening the rules. And so there is an, a better understanding I must also say, Chair, uh, just to uh, put uh, honourable members at, uh, at ease and also to give them some comfort that uh, the mining companies have committed, uh, especially for the employees that will be coming from uh, SADC member states in terms of the measures that will be put in place uh, after they have screened them. Uh, if they don't present any symptoms, then they will be then issued with permits. Uh, to come in, they would get into a transport uh, that would be provided by the, the mining companies, uh, well sanitized, and so then from there they would be going straight to the quarantine uh, facility. Now, Chair, the other point that we just want to clarify, it is around the issues that we have raised pertaining to Caltonville in particular, uh, Mponim Mine. Uh, we just want to confirm, as the minister has indicated, that uh, the mine is not uh, operating at the moment. No underground operations are taking place. Uh, we were there even this morning to make sure that uh, there is compliance. 
and we even engaged, we met with uh, all the unions that uh, are there, four unions actually do exist uh, in that mine. And there is a meeting as of now uh, between labor and the management. And now as for the collaboration chair, we have taken note also of your, your point that uh, there must be a clear collaboration between all our entities. And so I'm sure you may uh, see that uh, out of the work that we have presented, uh, we have uh, tried to put to you that there is actually a collaboration amongst our entities in responding to the COVID-19 challenges. The issue of a comprehensive strategy that we must put in place, the Chief Inspector of Mines is still on the line, and so we will be uh, dealing with uh, this matter, um, Honorable Chair. But uh, by and large, Chair, we are quite satisfied with uh, the questions, and we have responded to the questions uh, from Honorable Members. And as the Department of Mineral Resources and Energy, we, we are ready uh, in terms of uh, you know, entering into level three and would ensure that uh, all the measures and systems uh, are put in place in making sure that um, you know, we comply with the regulations. And the minister would, from time to time, based on the challenges, uh, be in a position of issuing uh, directions in dealing with whatever challenges that would be uh, coming through. We'd like to thank you very much, honorable chairs and honorable members. Thank you. Honorable chairperson of the NCOP, you opened and welcomed us. Can you can we get your closing remarks before we go to announcement if there are any? Thank you, Mr. President. Let me take this moment to thank the department led by the minister and DG for the presentation that they presented to us. Uh, Chair, I would like to say to the department, during the lockdown, there was no uh, load shading. Uh, DG, let's make sure that this load shading, it must not be come back again. And the other issue that I would like to request from the department is to say, please put measures in place to counter, to counter a possibility of increasing of the cost of um, electricity that will further add to the economy changes. Those are the issues uh, that I'm, I'm looking for this time that uh, you have to deal with them, uh, DG and, 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 and the department. By so saying, I would like to thank you and all the members that have participated in this meeting and those who did not participate, we thank you again. We, we are thank you, Chair. Thank you, Beck. Okay. Thank, thank you, thank, thank you, Chair President. Uh, honorable members, uh, it's a good start. It's a good start. We have never had a, an exercise of this nature. Uh, let's just accept that uh, if there were any hiccups, it was never an intention to have them. Um, we will try and improve in future. Uh, but I think this exercise if has made us to learn one thing is that it is possible for the two, for the committees of the two houses 
to be able to collaborate and work together first to ensure that we expect expedite some of the processes but at the same time uh, we deal with issues in a more comprehensive manner um, but also to some degree we save time and cost so i think if if there is anything that uh, would not have gone according to our expectations bear with us as the chairpersons we tried our level best but uh, we think it is important that the two houses must be able to collaborate but never forget the distinct and the unique role that each of the houses is supposed to play together with its committees having said so tomorrow the national assembly uh, the portfolio committee we are meeting again at um, 12 o'clock dealing with the draft report um, and uh, unfortunately, there is a sitting of the NA again at three, which means we will have to do everything possible because we must have been or start uh, connecting from half past two. So the best that we could do as we continue with the work of the committee tomorrow we must be able to ensure that because it's going to be the first hybrid sitting, which is about virtual, but at the same time physical. So we urge honorable members, especially those that will be going virtual, that uh, we try and finish as much early as possible, but we'll have to do our job very well. Um, with those words, uh, thank you very much. It was hard, but we have tried. I remain with many questions, DG, and I remain with many proposals. So if I was with time, I would have made my proposals that I think I will do it in the committee. Mm -hmm. uh, thank you very much, honorable members. Thank you very much to the department. Uh, extend the word of appreciation. Let's hope the minister will lobby more for what is in the best interest of this industry mm -hmm. where we are. Uh, which is minerals and energy. It's a huge industry, it has huge challenges, and uh, we think it is critical and important that uh, he forms part of some of these activities when they take place. Thank you very much, honorable members. The meeting stand adjourned until we get <coughs> another arrangement that will put us together as the NSOP. Thank you.